Welcome to the Zero Hour by Safeguard Cyber. I'm Ashley Stone. As you might have guessed from the change in voices, George Kamidi is not here this week. He's with our team in London at the Cloud and Cybersecurity Expo. This week's episode is with Kyla Guru, live from RSA Conference. She is the founder and chief executive of Bits and Bytes Cybersecurity, a nonprofit dedicated to educating and equipping citizens with cybersecurity skills. Did I mention she's still in high school? I had the pleasure of meeting Kyla at RSA last week, where she gave a keynote presentation. She sat down at our booth to tell us details about how she got interested in the cybersecurity industry, challenges she faced, successes she's found with her nonprofit, and how you can get involved. Here's Kyla Guru. Okay, hello, listeners. We have Kyla Guru here at the RSA conference. We are in the South Moscone Hall. You can hear people buzzing about behind us. Kyla, can you tell our listeners how you got here? What sparked your interest in cybersecurity? Yeah, so um, thank you for having me, first of all. It's so exciting to be here for the first time um, and experiencing all of this. Um, so what sparked my interest in cybersecurity, I, growing up I had always heard about uh, different cyber problems that were happening in our world, different vocab that was thrown around the dinner table, like data breaches, firewalls, security. All of those things were I was exposed to at a very young age because my dad um, has a background in fraud examination. So it sort of came naturally that he had that um, that niche in cyber. And uh, after that experience growing up, I knew that like as um, time went forward, we kept on seeing more and more of these data breaches in the news. And I really knew that I needed to learn more about the subject to understand what was truly happening in the world. So I went to a one-week gen cyber camp at Purdue University, where I got to talk firsthand with um, researchers, mentors, PhD professors, and uh, and all of those people working on the front lines of defense and cyber. And that's where I really started to realize that there was a whole world, world of cybersecurity out there, and there's so much to explore. And that just excited me in all um, ways. So I started just doing research outside of school and outside of classes and talking to these professors, going to more conferences, and really just getting more invested in the conversation. Is there any topic in particular that sticks out to you as this is is the defining moment I see in cybersecurity or this is something where if you can understand, you can get the full picture? So I, what initially like sparked my interest, I would say, is conversations we would have about the deep and the dark web, because that was the part of the internet that I felt like people just didn't know much about. And that was the area where my curiosity just kept on blossoming because there was so much to learn and to know. So that's what I would say was what initially sparked my interest. What I would say for people um, to learn, to really start to understand the world of cybersecurity is user end cybersecurity, because I think that it's over looked and commonly misunderstood. And if we can shape how people are viewing security and using security in their own lives, then that's going to change the security ecosystem and industry altogether. I I love that. I think that's so interesting. Something that we think about in cybersecurity, and I imagine it might be hard for you when you're starting to introduce people to these foundational topics, is just to conceptualize how big their personal digital footprint is or, or what their identity really is online. So have you seen anything that's been the, a big hurdle for you in cybersecurity education, whether it's personal or as you've been sharing your knowledge with peers? 
Yeah, I think one of them is definitely the speed at which this industry is growing. It's changing every single day. And especially as someone who's building curriculum to support classrooms, and the curriculum has to develop with the changes in the industry. And I have to make sure that we are building sustainable education um, that's accessible and relevant to students. So that's definitely one of the challenges that comes naturally with being involved in cybersecurity. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's also something that makes cyber and privacy always relevant and always important to learn about. So um, it's sort of a twofold idea. I, I think that's great. Something I've been thinking about a little bit in terms of um, kids who have grown up in technology. This mm -hmm. has always been a part of your life. You've always been able to say, right. Google this. Yeah. Right. So how, do you ever get onto topics of educating peers about things like cyberbullying as it relates to cybersecurity? And how, how do you think about that topic? How do your peers think about cyberbullying and the concept of cybersecurity? Yeah, so what's really interesting is that we actually build curriculum based on the grade level of the students. So we have different curriculum for K through five versus six through eight and then high school. So our six through eight curriculum actually focuses a lot on social media and the impacts and effects of it. And also the cyberbullying piece of digital citizenship and Googling yourself, knowing what's available online and treating others with respect regardless of your perspectives on the world and on pol pol politics and things like that. So. Um, um, we do focus on that, especially because this is the first time that they're experiencing those things online. Um, the thing I would say about what I've experienced growing up in the age and how middle schoolers, I guess, see cyberbullying is that it's so relevant and pervasive and it happens in every classroom, whether or not people say that they're being cyberbullied or not. Yes. So it's important to provide the curriculum, whether or not it seems like nobody's talking about it already. Right. Yeah. Right. And for something like social media, where it's very, I think it's more driven by image conversation mm -hmm. and communication rather than uh, words and text. Right. Yeah. Is that does that also shape your understanding of cybersecurity as it relates to images versus text in those different channels? Yeah, well, I think that young people right now are growing up um, in a very image-based perspective and way where um, it's sort of shaping the way that we socialize and interact with others because um, one thing that I'm learning growing up still is how perception isn't exactly reality all the time and an Instagram right. post doesn't really represent how someone's life might be outside of their feed. So, right. um, so it's learning to separate reality from social media is definitely a challenge and something that uh, I guess parallel cybersecurity in that cybersecurity are the skills that you'll always need, but it's also how is social media affecting the classroom? Because that's really the change we need to understand in order to truly understand how students are using social media, how it's affecting their brains um, and behaviors, and then tailor cyber curriculum for that. I think that's just fantastic. A lot of what we talk about with social media as it relates to business and companies is the ability to manipulate uh, a brand image exactly. and, and affect the reputation, which affects perceptions of consumers. So uh, whether you're learning this or thinking about cybersecurity from the classroom or from mm -hmm. a business perspective, the same concepts are still applicable. Right. Yeah. And as you said, it's also the topics of fake news that are becoming a yes. big idea in the in the student world. Of because we share so much, we talk um, almost in a rumorish way. Everything spreads so fast. So it's learning to know our sources and be very um, smart and have those critical thinking skills that we have built from the start. Fantastic. So Bits and Bytes has been around for a few years now, right? Yeah. How has how has it evolved and what 
what are you focusing on now? If anything, is the technology is changing and your cur- curriculum's evolving? Yeah, so Bits and Bytes Cybersecurity really started as a community initiative where I was reaching out to local elementary schools and just seeing how I could start the conversation in their classrooms because they had no such curriculum or conversation happening outside of um, maybe a week's course on digital citizenship for their third graders or something like that. So um, what we started out as was really... Um, an organization to provide supplemental videos for classrooms to uh, to just spark the conversation. But now we've kind of transformed into this platform of providing a blog where um, all sorts of parents and adults and elderly and all these populations can really go and find s- resources that to support them, um, but also providing the supplemental cur- curriculum still that's relevant for a classroom and that is not only for five minutes in a classroom, but can support a conversation for a week's time. Okay. And how young does your curriculum go? So my curriculum um, actually starts, so the videos can be shown K through five. Okay. The curriculum we've tailored is more um, towards five through eight. Okay. So um, we primarily focus on the older elementary and the middle school, but we have partnered with some educational organizations like Discovery Education to make sure that we are catering to the K through five population and teaching them the simple things like uh, what is a password and how does physical security relate to cyber. Have you gotten, what kind of feedback have you gotten from teachers or educators that have taken advantage of the curriculum that you're sharing? Yeah, so actually four months into my partnership with my first, the first elementary school that I kind of reshaped with cyber, we saw 11% increases in areas of student respect, teacher understanding of privacy and student understanding of privacy and cybersecurity. And this was only four months after we started the conversation about cybersecurity. That's amazing. So, um, so the fact that we were able to see that over such a short amount of time, that's what really kick-started me to think about how am I going to transform this message to be delivered globally to classrooms anywhere. Um, So that's really the impact we've been seeing. Also, teachers have just been so curious about um, how can we start to instruct about cyber when we don't have a background in cybersecurity, right? So it's about me giving them the resources and the very, um, you know, explicit instructions for them to really understand how they can use it in their classroom and start that conversation. Wonderful. I'm going to shift gears just a little bit. 2018 really seemed to be the year of the data breach. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your TED Talk in August, you spoke about how data breaches boil down to the end user. Right. Uh, specifically, I think you gave the Sony hack example with email. Uh, we're seeing these attacks shift to social channels like Instagram, LinkedIn. How has your education shifted to address vulnerabilities across new channels? Yeah, so we really teach the fundamentals that are almost the same across all channels. So what are controls that you can put on your accounts? What is two-factor authentication? And how do you implement that? Um, And what does that look like in different forms? Um, So it's really teaching the fundamentals that are very similar across the board. But then, um, as I mentioned, the six through eight curriculum really focuses and delves into what is like a privacy policy look like for X company. So it's like very specific in that sense. Um, But yeah, in general, we talk about all these concepts and make sure that the users are really aware of the changes that are happening and also how to mitigate risk right when they see it. Because um, a company and an organization can secure all their want and they are companies are doing fantastic jobs securing right now 
It's just the fact that there's always going to be data breaches and consumers have to be ready and prepared and empowered to feel like they have a voice and they can make a change that way. That's wonderful. We talk a lot about making digital risk protection personal because it is personal. Your information can be exposed in a breach and you, you need to know about it and be able to act uh, our platform is built on a privacy first approach for for that very reason where awesome. we give users opportunity to opt in and actually right. put protection in their hands so they're aware of where their risks are because you're you're right the controls the idea of protection is the same across channels it's right. knowing where the risks are coming from right yeah out of curiosity, what channels are you using personally? Do you use Slack? Is there some th other things that maybe you've used in high school? What What are you up to? Yeah, so as a high schooler, and this is primarily why I think the student population is a very important population to cater this message to, is because as a student, I'm signing up for um, a million different websites just for resources like Khan Academy or websites right. that uh, help me academically and mm -hmm. also websites that nourish me socially. So um, I am involved in Slack um, for several teams that I'm a part of we use that resource um, as well as things like Facebook Twitter the regular social media platforms that um, that we are very akin to as a generation so I think for me um, living through this and seeing the ma massive amount of passwords that I have to remember and then seeing the the me experiencing the start of receiving tons of emails and and not knowing um, how to differentiate between a, a very um, very good, like well-tailored spam email and a regular email, just it, living through these lived experiences, I think just um, gave me a visceral view of like how the students, the student community has to be more involved in cybersecurity. Right. And that's, that's an interesting example is being able to identify a phishing email, right? right? Something that's tailored to you. Have you seen that on other channels? Uh, less Slack, but maybe more like social media where you can tell somebody sends you a direct message and and it's clearly phishing. It's a little hard to, to tell sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's definitely an issue. And, and our generation, Gen Z and Gen Alpha, are getting pretty good at reading through and reading between the lines of spam emails. If they're asking for something um, that's under the cover of the message, we kind of have that second, the sixth sense to know that. But I think another problem that's coming up is this, uh, this idea of fake accounts and accounts that are duplicate accounts. Because um, that's something that's much harder for us to tell if you make your account public and your photos public someone can copy that and make a, an account of your friends and try and friend request you and for us um, we're very socially driven so a lot of the time it's about um, I'm gonna go on Facebook for five minutes then back to homework so when we're on Facebook we try and get as much done as possible so so it's trying to um, take the time to maybe if you're still trying to time maximize um, you just want to make sure you're making safe and secure decisions and knowing about the risks that are there right and that that brings us to the information that we share on social media, uh, it's almost like a treasure trove for, for bad actors, hackers right. to, yeah. to craft these personas and, and fish or, or these fake accounts because the information is there for them to take advantage of and mm -hmm. social engineer. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. When you think about the channels you're using, uh, whether it is Slack or, or hopping onto another uh, learning application, do you see them as vulnerable or risks, or, do, or are you thinking more about, like, okay, Facebook is, has more digital risk, but not really thinking about these other applications that we're using? 
Yeah, I think it's more about I'm going on this platform to get X and Y done. Um, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about security and safety all the time. So it becomes almost second nature to me how I go through these websites or do research and go through different sources and make sure I'm going to um, safe and credible websites. So what my purpose is with Bits and Bytes as well mm -hmm. is to make sure that security becomes second nature for not only students, but all vulnerable populations so that when you go onto a website, you're not necessarily thinking immediately about, oh my gosh, this website is insecure, but you're rather thinking about, um, okay, I'm going on this website. First of all, do I think, is there anything that tells me if it's insecure? And then when you go on it and it's secure, you're always making conscious decisions as a digital user. Right, right. Have you had any experiences where you're, you're online and something sort of sticks out to you and you go, oh, this light bulb moment of, yes, this is something we should be thinking about and then incorporated it into your curriculum? Yeah, uh, I think a big thing with that is safe downloads. And that's something that we talk about and give resources for when we're always talking to classrooms. Because um, as a student, we get files from our teachers. We get files um, from different places, especially if you're involved in other projects outside of school. You tend to get a lot of schedules, rosters, all of that stuff. Um, so it's really making sure that you're getting it from the right sources. You're taking your time and going through if there's anything that's spoofed on the email, like the address or something like that. and making sure that um, you're always looking for different key clues and seeing if um, it's actually malicious or not. So we did start to incorporate um, safe downloads after that. Wonderful. We, we talk about technology from, from our company as enablement for businesses rather than something that holds them back. Mm -hmm. Because we hear a exactly. lot of <laughs> negative things in the news about cybersecurity. There's a lot of fear discussion going on, but we, we really like to think about it as a way to empower companies to exactly. move things forward. So what gives you hope about the future of cybersecurity? Yeah, so first of all, I love this idea of empowerment. We try and push that with all of our populations as well, is that we first go in and we say that we are all like, lovers of technology. We are here because we love technology and we want to see innovation every day in technology. But there's also this part where we can't have innovation and we can't have all this brilliance without knowing and understanding the risks that are out there as users and consumers of technology. So I love that empowerment piece. We try and push it all the time. Um, the one thing I would say I'm really excited about is just to see how when we start to empower populations, I think there's so much power power to the people, right? When you empower populations and start to tell them about the risks that are out there, um, there's a certain magic about everyone telling each other and sort of this this ring of empowerment and, and a synergy around security almost to know and to be empowered by that. And so I think that um, with things like this, conferences like this, we really start to push and strategize how we can come up with that synergy in the public because everyone here is incredibly passionate about security and that's yes. why we're here. So if we can try and push that in the consumer population, imagine how much that would help us in trying to secure technology. Yeah, it says the, what's the saying? The rising tide lifts all boats. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes. The, the passion in, at this conference has been palpable, walking around the halls and seeing everybody so excited about cybersecurity, learning about the yeah. trends that they're seeing come up. Uh, I'm curious, have anything that you've learned since you've been here that you're like, this is amazing or uh, any major insights from the conference? 
Yeah, so I actually haven't been here for that long. I Yesterday was my first day, which is sort okay. of the curse of being a student and an entrepreneur at the <laughs> oh, same time. Yes. So um, are we, we are talking during the school day. Oh, we are. You're right. So you're right. Yeah, so I am missing school today. Don't tell my teachers. <laughs> yes, doctors um, know. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, we, so um, I've sort of figured out how to balance the student and the uh, business life. But I think it's been just really cool seeing the, amount of connection that's happening between people here. Um, I think connection is the start to every sustainable and relationship that you can foster. So I'm um, just being able to connect with different people while I'm out here. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to talk to a few different companies that Bits and Bytes is really excited to be partnering with for some different initiatives coming up, including Facebook. So we're super Great. thrilled to be pushing out those new initiatives. And I think RSA and, and many other conferences are the types of places where those relationships really start to build and, and grow. Great. Are you able to share details with our listeners about what that partnership looks like? Yeah, so um, Facebook is supporting Bits and Bytes cybersecurity for the okay. next business year. So what that looks like is they're giving us funding to roll out some incredible new projects to support women in cybersecurity and technical achievement of high school women. So we're incredibly looking forward to that. We just received over um, over 45 applications for a program that we're running and wow. we're onboarding seven fellows in the next month and going to take them through um, a training process where, where they'll come up with a capstone project uh -huh. and for that we are looking for um, mentors and people to support us so if there's any listeners that would like yes. to support Bits and Bytes in that way we would love that um, also we are building out curriculum in a way that um, makes it more accessible to people everywhere so Facebook is all about growing the social space and making sure that mass Messages and communities are united through the social space. So we want to make sure that there is a cybersecurity community out there and that we are making the best use of social media and the best use of the internet to push our curriculum forward. Because that's another thing if listeners are listening and they have a student group or a population which is um, which is in need of cybersecurity curriculum, we have education that's open sourced and out there available. Yes, and congratulations on the funding. Is there any particular mode of messaging or or dissemination of information that you have found has really helped people get engaged with cybersecurity? Hmm. I think social media definitely has okay. been a big um, area where we're trying to push, especially because that's where a lot of the population where we're catering to, that's Gen Z and K through 12, right. that's where they basically live, you know, 80% of their days. <laughs> so. That's where we are trying to kind of cater um, some more interactive and more engaging things that really get at making it second nature. Because I think as we talked about, social media can be used for some negative ways and manipulation, right. um, but it can also be used to empower and to unite a community. So we're trying to build that empowerment movement on social media. And I think that'll be provide some interesting challenges, but also have some definitely um, brilliant outcomes. I'm excited to hear, too, about the initiative for women in technology. Uh, we are very proud to support the Charlottesville, where our company is headquartered, uh, has a women in technology group that we're proud to sponsor. Awesome. So I'm wondering, are, have you looked at your audience base and noticed uh, more women or not? Have you been able to tailor messaging to, to get more women involved and more inclusive in, in the engagement? Yeah, so I think uh, there is obviously a gender gap that's very evident, even when you walk into conferences and rooms like this, yes. where you can see a certain population in the room and a certain population missing from the room. So um, I think that's the same in classrooms, and you could still see that um, down in the K-12 through system, um, especially coming from 
me going to classes in mechanical engineering when I was seven years old and being the only girl there and not knowing that that I was experiencing the gender gap at that young age. So um, I think for me, it's about um, things with this fellowship. We're trying to push for technical and creative advancement of women in cybersecurity because they're is nothing of the sort out there yeah so we're really pushing them for that because only 11 percent of the industry is women okay Uh, but it's also not only programs like that and amazing programs like wesis and other things like that um but it's also just um how are we representing women in technology in the media is a big question because um, i don't think there's enough representation for young girls to be looking at the media and saying i want to be like her when i grow up i want to be like this superhero when i grow up because a lot of it is centered around these stereotypical things that we that women just can't relate to sometimes so I think it's kind of restructuring the media as well that's that's fantastic and the image that comes to my mind when you say that is uh, a movie was recently released Captain Marvel where we've got a female superhero and there's this image in my head of the actress who's speaking with a young girl dressed in a costume yeah that's the representation you're talking about is we exactly to see we see ourselves in that person we can become engaged right. in cybersecurity yeah. too right yeah you can't be what you can't see yes. so yes uh i am also wondering i'm assuming that your curriculum is mostly u.s based right now do you see global engagement because we're all we're living in a globalized world we're all interconnected thank mm-hmm. you internet yeah yeah totally actually what's crazy is that we are starting to get hits from places like new zealand singapore um places like we've also uh, made impact in puerto rico and some camps which is really um, interesting and very rewarding for me looking at they're still recovering from hurricane maria which was two years ago but cybersecurity curriculum is something that united them through all this devastation in this time so looking at cybersecurity curriculum as a way to unite globally, I think that's very important and something that's super cool about um, the fact that our curriculum is open sourced and available for any educator as long as they you know, um, go onto our website and fill out the survey and they, they get instant access. So I think that um, that accessibility piece is, has made it global. That's so wonderful. Do you notice any sort of questions that come from um, or different questions people have globally so somebody from New Zealand do they focus on a different aspect of cybersecurity than say somebody from your hometown yeah that's interesting um I've never thought about it that way I think a thing about questions though everybody sort of has the same sort of questions right now about corporations and how they're using data okay and that's sort of across the board of fear and a doubt that's going on right now and I think um, something has to be done and I hope that through bits and bytes I'm empowering communities to realize and recognize and learn about um, how some of these corporations are using their data and be um, I guess be more aware of those risks and and what they're getting from those services. So, um, but I think companies, um, it's also on the companies to sort of um, create programs and help the consumers understand how their technology is using data. Great. We've gone sort of all over the map Mm -hmm. today. I am so happy that you were able to sit down with us. Is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners about Bits and Bytes or anything you've taken away from the conference? 
Yeah, so um, I mean, Bits and Bytes Cybersecurity Education is really rolling out some uh, cool programs in the upcoming year that we would love for people to be involved in and go on our website. And we have a blog that we write on biweekly about some trending topics, and we try and cater it directly to the K through 12 and educator population. So a lot of our um, writing is either written by teachers and educators or um, cybersecurity professionals who um, who explain everything on from the ground level up. So um, so we do have that blog that I would love for people to go on and read about some of the trending topics in cyber. We also have that curriculum, so we would love for um, that curriculum to be disseminated far and wide. We're building out new and more uh, better better curriculum to represent the industry right now as well, so that's upcoming. Amazing. Well, we look forward to seeing it. We will spread the word. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. It was so fun. It was so much fun. I love doing this. I love talking with Kyla at RSA and was inspired by her keynote speech. You should check out the recording if you haven't seen her in action and the Bits and Bytes website if you want to learn more about her nonprofit. Some of the other news stories we're following this week. Last week, we had an update on Operation Sharpshooter. This week, we are following APT40, a cyber espionage operation that targets crucial technologies, including engineering, transportation, and the defense industry, as reported by FireEye. This group has been successful using web shells and phishing emails to establish a foothold and gather intel out of their target networks. It's expected that their operations will continue with sectors outside the maritime sector. Tune in next week. We'll have a show recorded live from the Cloud and Cybersecurity Expo. Thanks to my co-host, George Comedi, our sound designer, Abby Bruce, and Matthias Zeffaletti for our theme music. This is Safeguard Cyber, the Zero Hour, signing off. Mm-hmm.